G'day guys, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast and I'm your host Troy McCubbin. Really appreciate you taking the time to uh, tune in and listen wherever you are in this big, beautiful, crazy world, uh, whatever you're doing. You might be working out, you might be travelling on a plane, train, automobile, uh, you might be getting ready for bed, you might be doing some chores, whatever, you you got us in the background and we might be just white noise to your life at the moment, which is fine by us because, uh, yeah, that's cool. That's all good. So uh, big thanks to all the people writing in uh, to the podcast and sharing their thoughts, their um, advice, their suggestions, what they like, what they don't like. We love it. We love hearing from you guys. To all the people in Brazil, massive hello and thank you to all the people out there, all our supporters. To all the people in Eastern Europe, we've got a ton of listeners out in Russia and that part of the world, Eastern Europe traveled a lot in Eastern Europe and I'm glad we can give you guys some uh, escape of the dreary weather in Eastern Europe. Oh, I remember the days in Russia traveling on the Trans, Trans-Siberian trans train. I did a tour up there in winter. I don't know who organized that tour, but it seriously wasn't fun. It was interesting. can't say it was a lot of fun. Very cold, very gray, very miserable, very yeah, very cold. I said cold. But anyway, to all our supporters up in that part of the world, really appreciate all of, all the uh, listeners in Germany, all throughout Europe. Why don't you just say the whole world, Troy McCubbin? Whole world, thank you for listening to this Guitar Wing podcast. We want to thank our sponsors because without them, we'd have no sponsors. Uh, Dear Dero, Guitar Strings, Fishman Triple Play, Jimmy Dunlop Guitar Picks, who come up with the Guitar Wank Guitar Picks. These things will make you play better. They're amazing. The the logo, I think I said the logo is like a cool grip. They're ama- and they're incredible. We will get them up in the store on the Guitar Wank store. Make sure I get that happening. MyMusicMasterclass.com. If you need to learn or you want to just uh, brush up on some skills, go there and check out Bruce and Scott's videos. Some killer stuff there. Sennheiser microphones. Thank you guys for making it sound amazing. Uh, Sir Guitars and Amps, you guys rock. Wire World Pro Audio Cables, amazing stuff they make. Exotic pedals, we love them too. Uh, Riffmasterpro.com, thank you so much for all your support and that amazing program. You make everything slower for us to work out. If you are a a, a vendor, a company out there, and you want to advertise on Guitar Wank, we aren't too proud to do that. We will do that. You give us a bit of support and we're happy to promote and uh, support your product. Of course, you know how Scott is. He, he's a he's a hardcore supporter of his endorsements and we will not confuse the two. We will not get him confused with Scott endorsing any other products bar the one he's, uh, that he's endorsing now, which is uh, Sir and all those other companies he works with. And same with Bruce, but we will advertise and talk about your product and uh, and yeah. And give you guys a shout out because there's lots of guitar players out there that listen to Guitar Wank, obviously, who are looking for new products to get by and all that kind of stuff. So if you have a company and you want to advertise on Guitar Wank, just email us, guitarwank at gmail.com, and we can talk about it and go from there. Uh, What else do we have to talk about? Um, We are getting through... uh, the orders for T-shirts and mugs, we've actually ran out of some sizes, uh, large, I think we're out of. We, we're still getting a lot of orders for T-shirt and mugs. I know, I'm surprised too. But there's a lot of wankers out there that want to promote, which is fantastic, and we really appreciate it. I feel funny drinking out of anything else but my Guitar Wank mug in the mornings when I'm practicing and playing. So um, get a Guitar Wank mug. They will make you play better. And a Guitar Wank t-shirt. We should get caps. I don't know if you guys would be into that, but I'd like a Guitar Wank cap. I feel like I'd wear that more than a t-shirt. But anyway, um, let us know if you think about that. And, oh, the Guitar Wank picks. We will, like I just said, we will get them up there um, and maybe we'll start getting them on the shop and you can buy them in packs of 10 or whatever. I don't know. We'll work it out. Um, what else do we have to talk about? Questions that are all coming in. We've got so many questions we're going to catch up on, so we're going to try and get through them as many as possible. I've actually got Scott and Bruce coming over tonight for a Guitar Wank recording session. Um, so I'm going to make sure we get back onto the Guitar Wank or Wankopedia. We've, we've kind of 
got lost on that and we need to catch up on that. There's lots of, there's so many amazing players out there. It can make you sick, but inspire at the same time. So um, we will get back to Wankopedia and get that going. I believe this is Doug's last show he's going to officially edit and post. So um, once again, big thanks to Doug for all his support throughout this year and helping Guitar Wank get off the ground. We really appreciate it, mate. And uh, if we get stuck, I'm calling you. There's so many people that are writing in, like I said, from all over the world and sharing their stories and how they're enjoying the conversations. And, um, yeah, uh, it's it's fantastic for, to hear from everyone. Thank you so much. Brett Gar said, I want to say a big g'day to you, mate. I know you're a, a big fan and we really appreciate it. Brett is one. If you don't know Brett Gar said, you need to check this guy out. He's monster guitar player and an amazing human being and we really we love his input on the site and uh the facebook page and that he'll he'll write in now and then and it's really cool so we need to get alan holdsworth this alan holdsworth thing is becoming a bigger deal than what we expected and we need to get alan on the show i really believe that so alan if you're listening get off your pommy ass mate and come in and have a beer with us in the studio that'd be great Oh, that's Scottish, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, just come and have a beer, mate. I know you love beer, and um, we can talk microbreweries or we can talk beer for the whole show. That'd be fantastic. But I know there's a lot of fans out there that would really appreciate that. So I'm going to hit up Scott and pressure him to call you. We should call you on the show. Maybe we'll do we'll do that tonight. Talk to Mr. Um, Alan Holdsworth. Um, lots of great players out there that I'm trying to get on the show. I know all of you guys are enjoying the guests i think it's fun to get these guys on the show and shoot the shit with them just not so much about you know all the standard questioning but just to hang i i think the hang is really cool all right i've gone on enough i think i've said my piece i don't think there's anything else ladies and gentlemen without further delay mr scotty henderson bruce foreman guys what crap we will be delivering to the people this week Do you guys listen to commercial, let's say commercial radio, where you listen to what's on the charts and that? Do you hear anything? Or even if you listen to it, you probably, I don't know if you guys do, but do you hear anything out there like, oh, that's cool, yeah, there's some harmony, there's some good composition I hear production values. Yeah, it seems like a lot of production. It's, you know, that's what I hear. It's like, yeah, it's a great, it's really produced well. There's a million great sounds and thing to enhance the groove and everything but as far as harmonic and melodic content i'm not hearing a lot yeah yeah not really and and i know when i re- want to record stuff nowadays i want to go back to the bare bones and make it more organic as possible because everything is so overproduced and overanalyzed and it's pretty overproduced, like you said man. instead of the playing they make well we just we double the kick drum with all these other kick drums and we do this to the beat blah blah, blah and they've almost built the song up so much it's almost like an exercise in technical prowess production, yeah production rather than just it's like okay we can take just a one chord vamp and produce the shit out of it and make it a radio hit. Yeah. With somebody singing like a little catchy, little twerpy thing over it, like, uh, uh, oh, milkshake. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about. You yeah. know that tune. Yeah. Right? I mean, not a whole lot there musically, but yet it's catchy and they made a, a tune out of it that became really popular. And there's a lot of songs like that. Yeah. But when you're talking about from more of a musician's standpoint, where is it got a really great melody? Is it got a really great harmony? That seems to be not the focus of most pop music, though there are exceptions. Yeah. There are yeah. exceptions, of course. And then, Pat, I heard Paul Simon's quitting. Yeah. Did you hear that? Quitting I did what? hear that. Citibank? <laughs> <laughs> Quitting music. Yeah, did you hear Quit that? Music. I did hear that, yeah. I heard that. I had, a because... lovely, I had a very interesting conversation with a student of mine today. You know, a young, young man, really talented guy, plays great, plays lots of different styles, sings great. He's got a potential future ahead of, you know, I mean, he's one of the guys that, you know, not just a good college student, but really something there to him. And, and we were talking about the subject, and, you know, 
Paul just quit because it's futile. He just doesn't seem the reason. He doesn't feel like why. Why bother? Well, then he's a dumb shit then because there's plenty of reason. Well, well, no, no. But that's the thing about humanity. You can you can see it from either side anytime you want. Yeah. Because the fact is is simultaneously that's what life's about. Well, yeah. And life yeah, is futile. We're and all going to fucking die. Anything. No, but no, 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 no. <laughs> truthfully, life is futile. We're all going to die. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. And yeah. fifty years from now, hundred years, what the fuck? It doesn't matter, right? And that's on the one side. On the right. other side, everything fucking matters because it matters to you and the quality of your moment on this earth. It's not about what other people think or what comes back from what you do. It's what you do and the quality and the intent of it that happens that makes you know. What I mean, simultaneously, we're living in both of these exist these realities, and if and if you choose to allow the futility part to color your motivation and your reason for being, you become that depressed kind of person who's like that. And if you're the per- the artist who has something to say and really doesn't give a shit. If anybody hears it, because <laughs> right. I got to say this, then you do it. You right. know what I mean? And and I say to those guys like Paul Simon, they've already, you know, Billy Joel or whoever, they've already made their fucking they've money. Done it. So so the futility, I can see how they're like, well, I don't need money anymore. It's, they asked Bob Dylan why he didn't write any good songs anymore. And he said... It's hard to write songs like that when you're a fucking millionaire. <laughs> right? You know? So, I mean, yeah. so they've got that pressure, too. I wish I had that problem. Well, I shouldn't have said he's a dumb shit, but I would say that he seems to have entered, if he really feels that way, he seems to have entered an area of depression. Yes, but I'm yeah. just saying that it's it's still, we have to be real realistic. Humans are an amazing species, you know. We are aware of the futility. We're going to die. We're aware that it doesn't really fucking matter. You know, all that shit is really true. At the same time, we get up every day, fighting the fight, you know, writing music, painting pictures, telling people we love them, planning to have, like, amazing things happen. In our, it's like we, we live planning like we're going to live forever, but living like we're going to die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we know yeah. that's not the case, and yet we still do it. Yeah. And so the futility is always there, and the hope and promise is always there. Yeah. And it's just which one we succumb to. Mm-hmm. You well, know, I just hate to see somebody like Paul Simon, who obviously has done a lot of great stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah. know, to, to, there was this one time. He'll make a comeback. He'll you know what? Of it. course he will, because I remember when Anthony Hopkins said he was never going to act again, and about three months later, he started another <laughs> look, movie. Look, here, here's with like Paul bullshit. Simon. And Paul Simon. <laughs> He'll either he'll either adjust his medication, or he'll <laughs> or he'll get a boner. He'll meet somebody new, right. or something will happen, and he'll be back on it. Or he'll just slide away because yeah, yeah. it just doesn't do it for me. Like, you know, like, I don't I, believe it. I think the bug's gonna bite him in a month or so, and he's, he's gonna too be brilliant right back not to. to. It's hard yeah. to believe. Yeah. It's hard to believe that he's doing it. For gratification, right. that there's not a deeper meaning to of it. Of course, there is. That. He's an artist, so he's yeah. going to keep doing what he does. Wasn't, but, but I'm not saying. But I still really adamantly want to say that the futility is always there, and if you want to succumb to it, it's there for you, and it's true. <laughs> now, was it at a uh, Simon and Garfunkel? Wasn't everyone thought Simon was the dick, but it was Garfunkel was the dick, right? They're both. Got him. I don't understand. No, You're talking I, anatomically? I, well, I'm just saying that. Oh, who was the I asshole? always grew up thinking that, oh, it was Paul Simon was the dick because he broke up the band or whatever. But I, the stories I've heard, it just sounds like, ah, oh, Gunfucker was a, is a douchebag to work with. He's just a I dick. Have, I have heard that. And what did, and how many of those songs did he even write? You know? Really? Yeah. You know? So, I mean. <laughs> who knows? You know, I mean, yeah, who knows? We don't know. He, was, he sounds, you know, kind of like a. Hitchhiker. You Do you know. guys like that Beyonce song, Put a Ring on It? I love the video. <laughs> the video is so great. It's pretty bad. Do you like the song? I do like it. It's a great I re- song. I really like the song. I think it's a great song. She, she does. You know, uh, yeah. and, and I really like the one um, the one that goes, da, 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 da. No. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 um, uh, New York. Uh, 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 uh. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not, you can't see this, but Scott dangerously, just broke. Dangerously in love. That's Scott just one. broke out into the dance moves. Yeah, exactly. He's actually doing the dance moves I, I of the video. I pulled my shirt off and I started dancing. <laughs> no, dangerously in love, or at least it's, I don't know if it's a title cut of that album, right. but she seems to, now she doesn't write her own music. But her Bloody writing team, yeah. they've written some nice tunes for her. Yeah. Uh, Me, Myself, and I, what a great song that is. And, you know, she didn't write it. A lot of people put her down because she doesn't write her own music. But she sure sings it now, good. How, and, you now, know, just whatever. for the listeners. Jeff now. Beck doesn't write that much of his own music either. But, but he's got a great book of tunes yeah. written for him by great writers. Now, how does Scott Henderson come across? You, you've got a daughter, right? Yeah. This is how you hear these tunes because you're driving yes. her to school and say, "Dad, yeah. put this on." And yeah, 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 yeah. So I yeah. know, and I've been at enough of the parties at school and stuff, and the music they play they to twerk? have heard what. Um, Do they twerk at, at little middle school? Parties what's a twerk? <laughs> I know something that he doesn't. I, yeah. I think twerking. Tell what gone twerking now. is. I think, well, twerking. I. Dirty dancing. Oh, no, not yet. Okay. I think twerking's kind of... No, you know, it's it's amazing to see Angela where she knows all the lyrics of all these these tunes and stuff. Lyrics were the hardest thing for me to learn. But of course... I can't hear a fucking word they're saying, man. I'm just (laughs) too fucking old. Shut up. It's too too fucking old. You know what? A lot of that music I I really like. It's just that I like it because it's got an amazing beat it makes you want to dance mm-hmm. and it's fun to listen to because of all the sounds and the textures and the, in the, the soundscapes right. and so shit. Is that, is that so it's bad fun. music. No, it's great music. Yeah. It's just that if you look at it from a standpoint of harmony and melody, right. there's not much there going on. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's not good. It's yeah. it for it's what different. it is. And then you also look at it from a point of view of, of playing it. That's another aspect that we mm-hmm. can't, I can't divorce myself from. When I hear music, some music, I go like, mm-hmm. God, that was really well produced. And it's a great song. And it's, yeah, it's dancing, catchy. It's got all the hooks. But I'd rather die than have to play that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing there to play. How does the, right. I don't really look at music that way, whether I'm I I generally look, do. Uh, I can't, help, I can't yeah. really divorce the musician. Yeah. How? I How totally does, can for some reason. I don't even think of myself as a as a player when I listen to music. I just listen for the. the well, I the feel like I'm just intent. in there analyzing, playing it. I'm there with them. You know oh, what I, I mean? See, and yeah. I'm admiring yeah. the production. Well, I think it's I'm probably different God, having a daughter introduce. I know I'm the same with, with my kids and stuff. Is what's going on around them you get influenced and you, you yeah but you take i also hear a lot of bad music oh yeah you know so like shit. stuff that's just shit thanks you kanye know? and you, yeah oh god jesus <laughs> god, what an untalented thing. fuck right but anyway he you speaks know, highly the, of you the, 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 oh good that's nice but but, <laughs> but yeah, i'm gonna call him right you now you <laughs> know he's one of the guys i'm talking about like where he just sucks you know it's like he doesn't do anything i think it's good. gonna go to voicemail oh it's probably will yeah, yeah. you but, know but hold on hold on even if he hey, writes hey, something hey. good i'd still <laughs> hate the prick it's just oh god god you know what he's got his own music on his voicemail. oh you would think jesus what a fucking <laughs> what an asshole no but but ever you know i like i'm you know hanging out with those kids and stuff at their parties or whatever and hear the music and all of a sudden it's amazing how even with my limited knowledge of that kind of music, stuff just pops up like, okay, this one is really special. This right. one's this one's good. Like you could tell some real thinkers were behind this. They put this together and they, they put their heart and souls into this and you can tell. It's yeah. like watching a good movie or a bad movie. Right. You know when a movie's a good movie and, and, and because everything went, they everybody did their job right. And you know how there's a million ways you can fuck up a movie. There's a million ways you can fuck up a tune. <laughs> Same thing. I and, found. I think I found <laughs> two million ways. <laughs> but, One of them is just me playing on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a, a question. I actually, we did get a great email from a guy, and I'm just looking for it now. Um, he's a teacher that's teaching at a Montessori school, and he's teaching, he's taking over the music class, and he's teaching all the kids. Like, these are... Young, you know, from I think he says from five and up or whatever, you know, but in three years old, three year olds and up, but he's teaching the kids like he's playing them instead of all the nursery rhymes that the old teacher used to teach him. He talks about how he's 
he's showing them Bird and Miles and trying to break it down for these kids. It's a great email. I mean, it's probably a little bit too long to read now, but it was just really cool to see a teacher that's doing so much cool stuff and introducing kids at a young age, all this amazing music. Right. How does jazz come back into more of a mainstream where kids today can get to can to appreciate it instead of the, the McDonald's shit that they're getting fed now? Well, that's a big-ass question. And, and I don't I like the, the word coming back. Bruce. I don't like the word come back because it's here. But <laughs> first of all, we could play something they like to hear. That would be helpful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would probably be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. That would be just helpful. How about if we play something that doesn't suck ass? <laughs> yeah, something they want to hear. That would be helpful. But no, no. But for me, uh, I would suggest that this guy, and I'm glad he's playing Bird and Miles. You, and, you you've know, got to you, read the email. It's a great and you know, you know me. I'm not going to, I'm never going to send it back. Never. But I would hope that there's also. Louis Armstrong, Louis Jordan, Count Basie, Duke Ellington, Fats Waller in that as well. Just, you know, to step back just a little bit behind that, I think the kids will, you know, understand where it came from and, and it will be a little bit more poignant to them with a little bit of the reference of what happened before. I think that's, I think, I think a big part of jazz is people have lost context with it. I think another big part is that the music is no longer a community experience. I was, again, talking to the same student today, and I was telling him what it was like to be a kid when I was his age, and how we would, somebody would have a new record. And it could be Joni Mitchell or Traffic, or it could have been Bird or Cannonball or Coltrane or Charles Lloyd, whatever it was. And we'd all go over to their house, and we'd put the record on and we'd sit there and quietly listen to that whole record. And we'd like trade the, light, the, the record around so everybody could get their time with the cover and read the notes or the pictures, whatever, the words to the tunes. Yep. And yeah, we were probably smoking some shit or something too. <laughs> but the fact is, is this, this experience of listening to this music was a community thing. We, yeah. This record was, oh, God, we've got to check this record out, you know. And I mean, I, like I, I really mean it. It was, it was all over the it Grateful Dead. It to do that. We yeah. sat around doing, this was our life. Yeah. This is what we did. And maybe we had a black light poster up on the wall or, you know, a lava lamp or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But we were sitting there, or incense, you know, and we'd sit there and it could have been a Duke Ellington record. It could have been Joni Mitchell. It could have been Grateful Dead. It could have been... Anything, and we would this. We would all together yep. sit and listen, and occasionally we'd say something about it. But mostly, we're just sitting there quiet together, digging this music. Now, to this kid in my room today, it was like I was like I was talking about Star Trek, or, or you know, or Twilight Zone, he, he, like the whole idea of. Because when the Walkman came along, we had our personal stereos. We all just sort of like music became this shut out the world thing. Yeah, it was not a community. That's right. Thing. So a big part of jazz always was when I played it was we played the music and we were seriously in the music, but it was also part of the fabric of the of the social environment that it was being played in. Interactive. Huh. And, and so, you know, jazz, music has become art. Where it's, you know, the band does the thing and the person alone experiences it. Like you go to a museum and look at a painting. And, you know, well, it's sort of castrating. A big part of the whole point. Of I, don't, I don't think, you know, you, you can't really Just say. Saying. No, I, I don't think you can say it's all like that because no, no. I do believe that it's what you're describing still exists. Oh, I'm not saying it doesn't, yeah. but it, but it's, it's yeah. really, it's really it's, different. It's now. not as, it definitely isn't as prevalent as it was back then. That's what for everybody sure. did. Yeah. Everybody of our age. Yeah. And I'm about the same age. Of course. Of course. And you know, I and did the same thing with we my all friends. sat around and just listened to shit. Yeah. And the record was the whole thing. And I'm still to this day, when I put a record on a turntable, I become entranced by it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that, 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 that analog sounds better. And it's not just, it's just there's like 
something i'm going back to like the caveman in front of the fire you mm-hmm. know well i don't have a turntable but and i'm only mainly but when to it music happens in when you car. are in a room with it don't you find that yeah. there's some weird like almost atavistic connection depends on the mood i'm in but there is something to be said for listening to really high quality sounding music when you're just alone in your room it's different than listening to it when you're driving in your car, where sometimes you have distractions. Or you have, have to, eight people uh, and you're all uh, just yeah, sitting there yeah. listening. Like I'm watching a movie in a theater. Yeah. You know, it's a big, it's an experience that you experience with other people. Right. It and, makes and, it more valid, sort exactly. of. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and that's why I think this Montessori guy may be doing what needs to happen. Yeah. But but one one thing that I have to bring up is that. And it's always been like this in the United States because you know jazz and blues has never been the big music in the in the states. It, mm. it just never was. But what is frustrating for me is that, and for many jazz musicians, and that's why they're all over in Europe and South America and Asia and playing their music because they can't play it here and make any money. Uh, it's the media. The media just doesn't give a fuck about that kind of music because they don't advertise for it so you you know if you go to europe man okay here i'll give an example over here you can't turn the knob of the radio one centimeter without hitting another radio station there's about a jillion of them across the board Uh, it's just they're so close to each other yeah and they all have a format Yep. It's a rock radio station. It's a pop radio station. It's an oldies radio station. It's a talk radio station. They all have a format. It's not like that in other countries. In other countries, first of all, there aren't near as many. You, you can turn the 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 you can you can the dial can move a half an inch and you won't find another radio station. So there's not as many many of them, and they all. Not all of them, but there are many that play different formats. They play classical music in the day. Then at night they have a jazz show. Then they play rock and roll. Then then, then the other stations do the same thing. So if you want to listen to jazz, you can find it. It's there on the radio. Mm. You could hear Charlie Parker. You can hear John Coltrane on these jazz radio stations. They're not just college radio stations with the with the radius of t- 10 miles. They're real radio stations that are playing jazz music. I've walked into McDonald's. I had to say this when I was hungry for McDonald's. <laughs> like I'm, I'm tired it's of not a sentence I hear regularly. <laughs> yeah, hungry, right. hungry for McDonald's. Uh, well, you know, there's sometimes when I'm in foreign countries and I just feel like having a hamburger. <laughs> so yeah, right. Anyway, going to I've gone into McDonald's and and heard Bird in McDonald's, them pl- playing jazz in McDonald's in in Germany and Italy and yeah. France. It's more of a public music it's not just jazz musicians that listen to it they're just like mom and pops that listen to jazz because they like it (laughs) because they grew up listening to it so that's the difference between the united states and in other countries we push jazz sort of in the background or the media pushes jazz and blues just way back into the background and all you're going to hear on the radio is popular music you're not going to hear very much blues or jazz. Yeah. And that's sad because we should have our own. I, I don't have anything against the rest of it. Even Kenny G, nothing against <laughs> him. He gets his time on the on the wave. Why can't we have a, a jazz radio station where you can hear Weather Report and Matheny and Schofield and, and Tribal Tech and, yeah, and, right. and Bruce and, you know, just jazz. Old jazz, modern jazz. Because people won't, don't don't won't spend their advertising money advertising on a radio station like that, and there's yeah. the problem. Yeah, and that's why these kids, they have to have a teacher play them that music because they're not going to hear it from the media. And it will change yeah. their lives. It will. There will be because yeah. I just played a gig with a couple of kids, a fiddle player and a guitar player, and when you had a bass player too, I mean these are kids. They're in their twenties. Yeah. And we played music of basically kind of Django Reinhardt. Kid played acoustic guitar. 
played rhythm like nobody's business, solo decent, fiddle player, did all these old tunes, you know, like, and here they are, these people alive today, and, and they're, they wear the clothes, they love the thing, you know, and, and they're out playing gigs, and they've got a scene, and they're, you know, they're, and they know lots of other people like them, who yeah. like that thing, and the internet has made it so they can all find each other and create a community, you know, don't, let's not write it off yet. Yeah. You know, jazz is in the words of Frank Zappa. Jazz isn't dead. It just smells funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's hardly dead in the States at all, but 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 it's just hard to find. Yeah. And back to it, it's about yeah. creating community. I yeah. don't know. I know I and, say and this that, too much. It, it is. It is. Because because the the reason and, and I'm living proof of it because the way I heard jazz for the first time was through friends. Hmm. My mom and dad didn't know anything about jazz. I certainly didn't learn it in school. My friend said, "Hey, man, have you heard this?" And he turned me on to some jazz. I think it what was, was it? was Weatherport, I think. Wow. And then Ma Vishnu Orchestra. And then I kind of wondered where'd that music come from. And then I started learning that those musicians were actually jazz musicians playing rock. And I wanted to hear what jazz sounded like. And then I started listening to traditional jazz or more bebop mm -hmm. stuff the stuff that came before but like i say it was from friends yeah. it wasn't from the media that's for sure i didn't see it on tv or hear it on the radio i had a friend and that's what the community thing is about where yeah. it's all word of mouth yeah. if you know a jazz musician or you know like for me my daughter is hearing jazz because of her dad yeah and classical music because of her mom so there Is she you, a player? Yeah, yeah. She's a classical pianist. Wow. I didn't want her to be a jazz guitar player because that would just be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I wish I knew some jazz guys. I wish I but Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, you, you, you know, some, you know some, some people who either play the music or listen to it, and if they're really into the something, they want you to hear it too. It's just like if you see a good movie, you tell your friends about it. Hey, you got to go see this. Yeah. And so everybody's the same. Everybody that loves jazz and loves blues, they're always trying to get their friends to listen to it. And that's what has kept it alive all these yeah, years. Yeah, and, and really, seriously, I mean, and this is the challenge to our listeners, because we've, we've gone over this subject before. The challenge is, is like, you guys got to go out and play and make a community and make a scene happen. But think, people are coming to listen to you. Are you playing stuff they would want to hear? Are you playing stuff that brings them in to maybe becoming jazz fans? If, they, if they're just like, hey, music's music to them. They don't give a shit if it's jazz or polka. You know, are you playing in such a way that it's evocative in some way? Pleasant, thoughtful, uh, soulful, fun, you know, whatever, you know, think about the defining qualities you're trying to communicate to an audience and, 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 and accept the responsibility for doing that. Oh. Don't just get up and jerk off on your guitar or wank, you know, and expect people to go, oh, isn't that talented? Well, I love that. That's great. You know, jazz, it's smart music because I'm smart and I like it. You know, what the fuck? No. Really take the responsibility to move it forward. And what does that mean to you? And it should mean something different to everybody. Yeah. And your aesthetic decision should drive the thing. But creating community and bringing music to the world and exposing by playing in a restaurant, some kid may hear you and see you and go, God, those guys seem like they're having a good time and they sound so great. I want to do that. And now you've changed the life of a person who's going to change the life of other people. Yeah. But we all have to take responsibility here. And we don't have to all be the big star in order to, to make a big, have a big impact. That's a good point. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people have asked the, this funny question on my message board. It's like, because they like to talk about DJs and you know how... DJs call themselves musicians, but <laughs> all they do is spin records. And I and I have to say, there 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 is a little bit of an art to know 
what record to play after the next one, you know, not to know to play the, the, play the same, play the same song in this uh, same groove and the same key or whatever. But, and some of them are more talented than others. And then some of them are really talented because they know how to, they, they know how to scratch records and they're like, almost like percussionists. Yeah. Some of them are better than, you know, some of them are amazing. So, so, but then they say, well, in that case, is he more of a musician than, say, a guitar player who sucks? <laughs> like, take a guy that's a really good record scratcher. And I always say, well, I would say if, if he's really brilliant at scratching records and he really is amazing at it and really good, I'd say, yeah, he's more of a musician than a guitar player why, that does, sucks. Why is, why is he scratching the records? He doesn't like them? Or? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't <laughs> like it. He's mad. <laughs> he's he just scratching records because he can't find his ball. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, and I've always, I've always <laughs> thought, like, people have asked this question a million times, like, how do you know when you're good enough to do a record or, you know, how do you know when you're good enough now that there are no more record labels? See, the record label used to be the quality control. Yeah. They no. used to say, well, you're either good enough or not good enough to be on our label. Right. Now there are no more labels. Right. Anybody can put a record out. So how do you know who, where's the quality control? And, and, because I, I had had an argument on this, this the message board one time about the the about the validity of s buying music other rather than stealing it, and this guy was saying, well, why should we buy it when music is just so fucking easy to make that you know <laughs> blah blah blah, and, and of course they're thinking about like you know you got Joe and Ralph and they're on their break from Taco Bell. And they went over to Joe's house, who has to happen to four track, and they played, banged on acoustic guitars, and talked about how much they sang about how much they hate their parents, yeah. and they made an album. Right. And and it's like, yeah, why should we pay for that? Yeah, good point. Yeah. I wouldn't pay for it either, but they don't realize that there are other kinds of musicians that work. 24 7 or at least 12 hours a day to make really quality product that people have come to 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 expect that they're gonna buy yeah and they don't see the difference yeah so yeah. they just say music is music music is like air it should be free so when you when you're looking at it in those terms when does a person know like when is my music good enough to qualify that someone should pay for it and yeah. it's a hard it's, that is it's, a good it's a hard question you know because you know it's some subjective. of my students are fairly good players yeah they're good enough to make a record I, I wouldn't say it would be a great record but they could go put some music together and you wouldn't say that they're a bunch of hacks but is it really good enough that like like bruce said that people would listen to it and go wow this is really inspiring me <laughs> to right. be, uh, I mean, nobody knows the answer to that question. I'm and just, and I'm some just people will hate it and some people will love yeah, it. Yeah, right. Uh, but, yeah, you know, right. I mean, it's just take responsibility is really the key. You know, create that community, present music to the world. When you get your opportunity, you know, how many people think about defining qualities of their music? You know, you, you, don't you ever go to a concert and you say, wow, well, what are three things I could say about what I just heard? What are like the defining qualities of what I just heard? It was dissonant. It was rhythmic. It was soulful. It was bluesy. It, you know what I mean? It was fun. It was erratic. It was inconsistent. You know what I mean? It was <laughs> inconsistent. No, now no, you're talking no, about my career. No, no, but but um, <laughs> my point is is okay. What if you turn that lens backwards? And you, and you ask yourself, what are the defining qualities of your music? What do you want to present to the world? And then you observe what you do through that lens. All of a sudden, you get a whole new introspective way of mm -hmm. reconsidering how you present shit to the world. Yeah. That isn't, well, you know, I, I know I put down the artist, and it's probably in a previous podcast, but that is the art. Mm-hmm. That's the art. There, there's a, not not playing fast shit over a chord. No, right. and there's another there's another thing too about people wanting to get to know you as a musician and watch you grow. What's wrong with making an album that's okay, and then the next year you make one that's even better, and the next year you make one even better, and twenty years down the line you make a masterpiece. So 
the audience is like Paul Simon. Then you quit like Paul Simon, right? You know, so that because I can name lots of players that are some of my favorite players, and some of their earlier albums, you can clearly tell that they really couldn't play that good yet. Yeah, and 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 now you listen to those that same guy twenty twenty five years later, and he's playing his ass off. He's a genius. Yeah. And, and and I think I think fans of a of an artist love to to, to see that progression. To see the progression of yeah. how how and I know people have said it to me. Has anybody people, ever asked you how come you don't play like that anymore? Yeah, they definitely have. <laughs> and I have too. Yeah, that that too. pisses me off. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I used to play. I, I could if I wanted to, you dumb motherfucker. I used to play no better. I used to play more flashy. Play more notes. Me too. And 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 I used to have a different, completely different tone that was a little bit more humbucky and nasally than I have now. And what are you talking? You putting down humbuckers now? And a lot of people. Okay, like, okay, no, okay. No, I used to have a okay. tone that was like sort of like a. It was thinner. It was more eighties, right? It is with rock as a rock sound. And, but a lot of people prefer that sound to the sound that I have now, which is more of a vintage Strat sound. And and they, I many times they said, "Well, I'll come, I, I like the sound of Henderson back with Tribal Tech better because he was using humbucking and he was using a this or that, <laughs> and he was using more effects or whatever, you know, you know." And that's cool. But there's also people that say, "Wow, this guy's grown a lot. He's like I." I uh, He's. He, he, it's nice when you put out an album and someone says, "Yeah, it just keeps getting better and better." By the by, every album keeps getting better and better. And I believe in my career that's true because I've put out some really shitty records, and they are getting better. That's my whole learned, point of recording. I put them out. I, I, you know, I used to worry about making good records. Now I try to make bad records because I realize, think of how much how easy it's going to be. To like make a better one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Set hey, the level low for yourself. Set the bar really yeah, low. Yeah, so yeah, you you know, you know, lowered expectations have done a lot for American politics. Why not us? Yeah, yeah right. Why not us? Right. <laughs> A guy you mentioned before that we've never brought up, and I'm kind of a little curious about what if you guys had anything, if you met him or had anything to do with him, uh, opinion. Uh, Frank Oldsworth, Zappa. Yes, I know him personally. Scott called him just <laughs> No, Frank Zappa. Did you guys Zippo. ever? I never met him. Never met I never Frank. met him. But I went to one of his concerts. It was yeah. a pretty, I love pretty his... cool concert. Terry Bozio on drums, yeah, just badass. Yeah. I respect the shit out of him. I, yeah. I think he's funny as stuff. Sometimes yeah. there's nothing like you just got to listen to Zappa. It's so amazing. He was such a unique... I just, such a comedian a br- too, right? Yeah. a brilliant man. There's a man who knew what he, you know, who thought about the defining qualities of his music and like made it happen. Yeah. It had an artistic vision and followed through. Super intelligent. He always had guy. great musicians oh, in his band. You know, I remember oh, yeah. seeing him. He had the Fowler brothers playing with him and just really great players. And, you know, I liked his guitar playing because his guitar playing was really, he was like, in a way, like the Thelonious Monk of rock guitar. <laughs> Because everything he played was so quirky. Yeah. He's like all thumbs, you know? But yet he played some really hip ideas. They might not have been executed flawlessly, like, like you know, the, the, where you have like the finesse that, you know, a lot of really great guitar players have. But man, did he play some creative shit <laughs> and some funny stuff. Very quirky. And that's yeah. why I liked him. I mean, you could tell it was him playing in an instant. Yeah. He really had a voice on the guitar. You could hear it was him and immediately. And the defining qualities, you know, humor, difficulty, you know, uh, layers. There's like certain, you know, social commentary. There were certain defining factors of his music that he was very aware of what he was presenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't like it just sort of happened. Yeah, You know, and I mean... Amen. That's an artist. And that, hard work, man. Oh, like, shit, yeah. The guy was fucking working hard on music all the fucking time. Yeah. I mean, he was constantly writing, constantly rehearsing, constantly practicing, just always at it. 
You know what I mean? Like just going for it all the time. And he was and, a member of the community. I don't know if you ever seen. There's this great picture <coughs> at Michelli's, I think it was in in Hollywood, that Italian restaurant. You know the checkered tablecloth. The one that's in the seventies in Universal yeah. City or in Hollywood. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, and and at the table is him, John Pisano, Joe Pass, uh, Mike Anthony. You know all <laughs> the all, great, the, great all the guys, right Howard there, Roberts, yeah. all these guys, uh-huh. and Tommy Tedesco. Uh-huh. They're wow. all just hanging out at this table, and you know they're just it's a guitar hang. Yeah. Well, and, you and know, he's the, just one the, of the guys. Well, you know, the thing is, is that Frank Zappa, not not so much in his guitar playing, but in his writing and it, in his musical curiosity, would be hanging out with a bunch of jazz guys. Yeah. Because he's not just a like a typical rocker at all. I mean, his writing is nothing like typical rock. No. He would be hanging out with guys like that who are more progressive and they're thinking about music. Of course, yeah. it makes total sense that a guy like that. I would expect if Frank Zappa was alive right now, he would have come to see Phil De, Phil play at school the other day. You know, Philip degree, D- degree. You know, or De, now I heard it's Degray. Maybe I've been oh. pronouncing his name wrong all this time. I think it's Philip Degray. But anyway, he would have been one of those guys gawking and going, "Holy shit!" Right, right. Yeah, because he just had a progressive mind. Yeah. He was a, a very futuristic thinker. You know, and there's there's great ways of looking at that, and there's really overly bad ways of looking at that. Like controlling your brand, you know what I mean? So you're basically making your music uncreative because you're like, okay, this is what everybody else does this, this is what I do, and I'm going to just follow down this. And there's one hmm. person I'm thinking of, I'm not going to mention his name. But he's just such a pussy about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who whereas, is it? Where, 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 whereas, whereas like Zappa, you know, really knew where he was going for it, but it wasn't based on like trying to protect anything. It, matter of fact, it was it made him more creative. There's 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 a there's a backside of that where it's like this is my place in the world and I won't do this because it reminds somebody of this and I won't do this because it mm-hmm. reminds somebody of this and this is my shit. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like you're basically canceling out any possibility of breaking out beyond yourself Mm -hmm. you know so so the defining quality thing that i mentioned earlier can also be a prison as well Mm. as being a liberating important aspect it it used to be like that a lot when there were labels because if you were on a label and you were doing a record the only thing that the label would be concerned about is selling it marketing it they have to market it as something is this jazz is this country is this rock right is it whatever and if you had success with the first one you got to basically do the same exactly right so now i'm like a record label's worst nightmare nightmare. because i've got like a country tune on my record actually actually scott i want want to make you feel good here (laughs) because i'm worse (laughs) because first of all i start with jazz Second of all, I put a cowboy hat on and had a band with that. <laughs> right. Now I'm doing some like roots kind of bebop thing, you know. And right. it's like, God, can you imagine? I mean, like, I, I might as well, I, I might as well have gone to like the Polish school of economics, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? How to like not make money in music? Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's what people have come to expect, though, from my records is they know <laughs> yeah. that I'm schizophrenic, <laughs> <laughs> and so are you. <laughs> yeah, and so are you, and so and and, and they. <laughs> and they they know that um, that it's going to be a schizophrenic record. I'm gonna because I enjoy too many different types of music. I love rock and roll. I love blues. I love jazz. I even love country. It's and and there's going to be mixtures of that. And there's going to be songs where there's mixtures of that music within the same song. Yeah. And then there's going to be songs that are more straight ahead rock or straight ahead jazz or straight ahead whatever. Yeah. And that. I'm lucky that I'm not on a label, or I should say, I'm lucky that I've been on labels in the past that didn't care much about marketing me and trying to force me to do anything. I've been so lucky, man. I've never had one label executive ever tell me what to do in the studio. They don't even show up. <laughs> and that's like amazing because you know how some, some guys are making a record and they've got some producer that the record company hired or some guy at the record company's there on breathing down their neck telling them what to do. Yeah. I've never, I've been, they just, they've just said, here's your budget, 
go in and make your record. I could be in there banging on pots and pans for all they know, <laughs> but they've let me do it and they just trusted me. Yeah. And they, and they just, they go, yeah, you know, he's got his fans and they're going to buy his music no matter what he does. And so that's luck. Yeah. That's just being lucky because a lot of guys, especially some of the rock guys, boy, you know, when the, re when the record label wants to make money, they just, I mean, if they do one thing that's even the tiniest little bit uncommercial or outside that area of rock that they're known for, they get shut down. Mm. They can't do it because, oh, you know, you know, we don't want anybody to think you're a progressive rock band or jazz influence, God forbid. Right, that four-letter <laughs> word. Thank yeah. you, that. Yeah. So nowadays that there aren't, labels as much as they're used to you can go in the studio and you can you can be diverse if yeah. you want to you can do any kind of record you want i i got a question for you guys you probably you'll hate it but i don't care <laughs> oh fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> so the question is you can't choose yourself like you can't it, the question is god's come down he said right scott you <laughs> there get there is no god okay okay <laughs> Almighty universe has come down and he says to you guys, you have to choose to be another musician, anyone you want, anyone you want, but you can't choose to be yourself. What other musician's career would you want to have? I'm sorry, I just thought of something funny. <laughs> well, then you should say it. Did you, you see say the it. Simpsons? <laughs> Probably not. Did you see the Simpsons where they went on Jerry Springer because... Because Maggie turned out to be an alien, the <laughs> Kang Kang like like got Marge pregnant with his death with his pregnant ray gun, and Maggie popped out and she grew like tentacles. It was one of the Halloween oh, specials. Oh yeah, 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 I saw that. And so they so they to to resolve this dispute of whose father does Maggie belong to either Homer or Kang the alien? Jerry Springer says we've put Kang in a in a in a soundproof booth backstage where he can't hear anything <laughs> and he goes i hear all <laughs> or it was either that or i see all <laughs> sorry i don't know why that came into my mind but it was just great it was my statement with there is no god it was like, so go ahead Troy. So i don't know that's too it's a weird question it is I a weird question it. but i just thought i'd throw it out there just to, 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 to fuck with you guys i forgot it what was the, what question? the question who is, would you want to be whose career would you want to have if you, you can't say well i'm happy to be myself i'd well. say john holmes would be good <laughs> We're talking Want to give up too. show business? Alive <laughs> <laughs> uh, or dead? Anyone. I mean, he can be dead. You, anyone. Does he have to be a musician? Yeah, we're talking music because it is ah, a crap. guitar playing podcast. Ah, crap. Music? God. <laughs> All right, give me one music and one just whatever. Okay, you want. guys that had okay. I mean, my, I would pick based on lots of things. One guys that did a lot of interesting stuff. Guys that were great. Guys that had fun. Guys that were dynamic humans. People that come to mind for me are guys like Ray Brown, the bass, the great bass player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Louis Armstrong, Nat Cole. I don't think I as much as George Benson's playing just like slays me constantly. I don't think I'd want to have the. And his singing is beautiful. I don't think I'd want to have the dual pop career and jazz career. I don't think that would be something I'd desire to have. Mm -hmm. His ability and talent I'd love to have. Just those are the things I would... Fats Waller. Louis, Pri Louis Prima. Guys. Louis Prima. Louis Prima. See, he keeps mentioning name after name after name, and that's the same thing I would do. Right. You can't pick one guy. I'm God. You many. have to pick one guy. No, but you can't because there's too many. Yeah. There's too many. There's guys that raise the bar musically that are just amazing, and there's also guys that you read about that just had more fun than anybody. Who did and, have more fun than anyone? Jimmy Page did. Sounded Jimmy like he Page had, a, had a blast, man. And they led Zeppelin through TVs out of hotel windows. And, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 I don't know, know if that. that's your thing. I, you know, I could have done that too, but I never wanted to. I would. <laughs> really? I don't know. That's all mean. night parties with you know. Yeah, all my, hey, up. look, I had all night parties. I did all that shit. I just didn't find throwing. TVs out windows well, to be a fun thing to do. I think TVs that go out windows okay, are Okay, that just shows we're different. But, you know, I mean, 
Now it's no fun because they're bolted to the wall. You know what I mean? And plus, you know, plus guys like that who wrote all that great music, and you think, well, it'd be great to be Paul McCartney. You could, you, you have an amazing music library behind you, and you're also super rich, and you're a knight. (laughs) That sounds like a fun life. Yeah, I mean, but there's so many guys. How can you name just one? Yeah, but but still naming a bunch of them has been fun. Possible. Yeah. It's like Fantasy Island. Yeah, you know? that's something hey, giving Moss, you Fantasy the plane, Island. The plane. Trying to think who would I... <laughs> Hendrix would have been fun. No, because yeah. he died when he was yeah, 27. Yeah, but okay, but say <laughs> fun he, for a short time. For, fun hey, for a short take time. Take it when you can get it. <laughs> yeah, man, right? right. But I don't want to be anybody that dies when they're 27. That's just such a waste, man. Yeah, that's sad. God, it's sad so sad. That he died at 27. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to really good... be an old. You know, Duke Stillman's. You know, yeah. man, a lot of fun. You know, he had a lot of fun, Played and he was still a... playing music into his 80s. Yeah. And our B.B. King, you know, just like still playing to this day out well, there on the road. B.B. King's and... dead. John Pisano. Did you say B.B. King? Yeah. yeah. But he's dead. Yeah, but you said we could pick oh, a live okay. or dead. R- yeah. Mick Jagger, because he just oh, you got, have a, to pick he got a young chick no, pregnant again. No, no, he again. said a live or dead. You had to pick Did somebody. Did you know that? Uh, no, what's that? Mick Jagger, because he just got a young chick pregnant. He's 72. Oh, well, there you go. We so sure it was he's him. having fun. We sure it was him. I'm waiting for the paternity test. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and he's got money, so another kid under the belt. It's not bad. Right? How yeah, many great, does he great, have? great. He may live to see like the kindergarten graduation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel I'd want to be that. <laughs> I feel bad because I'm an old dad, you know. <coughs> I, mean, I, mean, it's like, I live long enough to see the college graduation. You know, I, I really want to do that, man. I'll be lucky if I see the kindergarten graduation. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, I don't know if that's what you want to be. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Not musician. Not musician. Not musician. Well, all the one name guys. Frank Sinatra. No, he's got two names. You know, you got to go Elvis, Jesus, Moses, <laughs> you know, OJ. I've always thought about Moses. <laughs> you know, I've always wanted an ark, and now I've got one in Kentucky. Yeah, they built yeah, one. Right? No, Moses wasn't the ark. That was, oh, Noah. that was Noah. Oh, that was, that was Noah. Noah. But he's another one name guy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the one name guys are the ones you want to hang with. You know, oh. Willie. Uh, <laughs> you know, I came up with a, a, a bunch Ringo, of names for Ringo. that arc. You know, the arc yeah. that, that, uh, that they're building in Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Space Mount of Olives. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was. Um, Loud Thunder Petting Ranch. Yeah, right. <laughs> petting uh, Ranch. What? Loud London petting Ranch zoo. Petting, petting Zoo. zoo. Yeah. What are, the, what are they going to do with that arc? The, the arc in wherever know. they're building it? What's, I don't know. Is it just going to be like a... Snow White and the Seven Inches? <laughs> oh, wait, that's a porn title. Yeah, Sorry. that's a porn title. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so you two didn't... by two, except the mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> so all you go all the one-name guys. I, I, I guess, you know, it makes it easy. <laughs> All the one name guys. You know? Who would you be, Scott? Mr. Noah's Wild Ride. <laughs> this, is, this, is an, <laughs> this is another porn. I can. Uh, <laughs> it's a good name for one of the rides. I like that. Arc. I like that. Mr. Noah's Wild Ride. That's good. Um, oh, it's, it's, so, it's so good. Now question. I'm just thinking about that. Yeah, I know. We gotta get off that. <laughs> trying to. Job, he was another guy, you know. I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> I figure if you can get through your life and be known as with one name. Beyonce, there you go. Beyonce, it's yeah. another one. There's another one name. How about name. Desert Tours? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh no, wait, that's Moses. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're not we're not on the ark. See, I don't really know my Bible very well. Obama, he's God the one name. Obama's, kind of, Obama's becoming a one-name guy, yeah. and, that, and that's yeah. be, that's their fault. They shouldn't have done it to him. Yeah. <laughs> the people that hate him gave it to him. You know, that's a drag um, for them. Yeah. But you're right. Obama's becoming a one-name. Trump, people in history. Trump, Trump will always don't get be. me started on Trump. <laughs> no, no, but I'm just talking about the one-name folks. You yeah, one-name. Um, Clint. He's kind of getting in there too. Yeah. And Clint, Clint had a really fun career. Man, think of all the fun movies he was oh, in. Oh, and I, I've hung out with him a lot. He's he is he is fun. 
He's a fun guy. He 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 is a fun guy, and he has fun. He's a nice. I'll tell you a guy who probably has a lot of fun. Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh fuck yeah! Can you imagine? He's had a lot I mean, of fun. He's had a lot of fun. If you just take Borat all by itself, <laughs> <laughs> that looks like it was such a fun movie to make. <laughs> Pushing, I love it how he pushes those boundaries and just go. Oh, yeah, man. He's He's got big balls, man. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And 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 good for him, man, because he really does push the He push was supposed to do the Freddie Mercury movie. They were doing a oh, movie. Oh, really? Is that yeah. true? And something happened where I think they dumped him or he quit. Something, I can't remember the actual story now, but hmm. I thought he would probably make a fantastic Freddie Mercury because he could probably mm-hmm. pull that whole look off really well. Mm-hmm. But I think for he some does reason... Look a he a little bit like He him. does. Yeah. I think he pulled out for some reason. Uh-huh. So, um, wow. Who was it that did Jim Morrison? Was that Val Kilmer? Yeah, he uh-huh. killed that. That was a good... That, he did a really good it's job. It's been so long since I've seen it. I, I remember, but he really killed that. That uh-huh. was a good, good movie. Uh huh. Was that meaning good or bad? No, good. That was okay. a, that was a really good. He did an amazing job in that. He really he mm-hmm. did that. I had a mate who had who wrote. I can't even think of it now. But he wrote this movie and it had Val Kilmer, it had um, the chick from Friends uh, in it, uh, the blonde Phoebe. Jennifer Aniston. Phoebe, who ever played Phoebe in it, she was in it. Bunch of other famous, and he wrote the movie. And he was just telling me that Val Kilmer just took on, he just took on the role so crazy, and he ended up falling in love with the the other actress, and mm. just was obsessed with her. And she had a boyfriend. She didn't want anything to do with him. She thought he was just nuts, and there was all this massive drama on set. And mm. he sounds like an interesting oh, guy. Hollywood, yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I hope every all the listeners enjoyed this podcast, and um, we're we're still enjoying doing it. I am. <laughs> I wouldn't do it otherwise. I'm not making no fucking money. Yeah, I'm not making any money off it. It's just fun to hang out with you it guys. It is a lot of fun. And um, yeah, um, yeah. That's Thank cool. you all for listening. Tell Thanks, your friends. Yeah. Thanks for the donations. If you don't, if you, you know, don't we got like another it. donation the other day. Right. A hundred, a hundred bucks. Woo! Uh, thank you. That's amazing. Folks, if you like it, tell your friends. Yeah. If you don't, tell your enemies. Yeah. I apologize for any of the stupid shit that I've said tonight <laughs> or any other night because I do tend to say stupid shit. Yeah. You know, my, my, my talking is just like my playing. Exactly. The same exact thing. <laughs> We're like, I'm really good and I play a bunch of good stuff for about 15 seconds, <laughs> but then I'm going to play something that really sucks. And that's how my talking is too. Like I talk, but I'm bound to say something dumb. Like, <laughs> well, that's that's the risk we take when yeah, we put ourselves you know, out there. Open yeah, mouth and insert foot. Yes, yeah. open mouth. But you know, the, the fact whatever. is that we got. I mean, people from the Netherlands. We got people in Brazil, Israel, Latvia. Can we trade them in for just a couple of Americans? <laughs> I don't think anyone in America listens to this show. I don't blame them. <laughs> think Dr. They can't Doom understand you. Us. He's from Latvia. Dr. Doom does listen. He's, he's from Latvia. Yeah, yeah. He's there. He's there. Yo, why I want to play some bebop fanta- in Latvia. What's that? Why can't they make a good Fantastic Four movie? I, I don't get it. I didn't bother watching the new I one. I don't understand <laughs> that. Why can't... I mean... It's the same It's the Fantastic Four. Is that about the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. I think it's so weird. Anyway, whatever. It was one of my favorite comics. So I was really hoping that they could do it justice, but they just don't seem to be able to make a good Fantastic Four movie. We need to talk to someone about this. And they make a good Ant-Man. I mean, Ant-Man wasn't like a huge, <coughs> big comic. But she's the movie was amazing. They made a wonderful movie of Ant Man, and and why can't they do that with the Fantastic I thought, Four? I laughed when I heard that movie coming out. I was like, Oh, oh how man, stupid. have you seen Ant Man? No, it's a, great. It's so Is it badass. about a guy who builds amps? <laughs> <laughs> it's seriously Ant Man's one of those solder sniffer dudes. You know, you, you, seriously though, if you take. He got hooked on solder and he became Ant Man. Yeah. Take the first Iron Man movie, which was really good. You saw that, right? I think so. The first Iron Man movie was really good. And and you know, like like and the and the Ant Man movie is just as good. It's it's the that quality so of movie. Good. How come they can't do that with the Fantastic Four? Uh, I don't understand. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still stuck on Ant Man. <laughs> you know, Ant-Man. imagine imagine this guy's in his laboratory. He's fixing an old Fender Reverb. He sniffs some solder and he takes on superpowers. <laughs>
I think that should be in a t-shirt. Ant-Man. You know what? I was at John Sir's one time. John Sir was working on an amp. And he's always lecturing me about, you know, always unplug the amp. For right. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you touch something in the amp. And I swear to God, you could smell burning hair. Like the hair on his arms was burning because he got shocked so bad. And I was like, yeah, guy gets shocked really bad, turns into Ant Man. Yeah, right, right. Sniff some solder. Now he's like got this capacitor thing. You know, he's got to eat 50 capacitors a day to hurry. You can't make it through the life, you know. You know, he starts shitting resistors, you know what I mean? Ow. He's got to go, he's got to go out and kill like solid state circuit boards, you know, because they're taking over the world. You know what? We should we should copyright this right now because they'll make this movie and we'll be like, oh, we'll, why didn't we'll be they stole it from us? Man, it's die. the story of my life. Ant-Man. I'm the guy that wrote the song 75 Trombones, man. <laughs> I think I told that story last week. What's that one? About Kirk Covington stepping on that guy's trombone <laughs> yeah, yeah. and his friend going, 75 trombones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm Henry the Sixth. Crushed the bell, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Awesome. Ant, Ant- Man. Well, it, okay. out of that whole episode, mm-hmm. I think probably the best thing that come out of it was Amp Man. Yeah, well, we had to work for a while, like just Scott's composing technique. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you got to work for a while. We Guys, threw a lot of shit away, like this whole three podcast, but we got Amp Man. Man. Don't just use Amp Man at the end. Yeah. Scrap Thank the Thank you to all the listeners. If you're not subscribing, I don't know what you're doing with your life, really, well, at you this know, point. Okay, you want to remain incognito, but continue to Listen, tell your friends, tell Say your, your friends. enemies, piss off your in-laws, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Stay with us. Help us out. Please donate some money because me and Scott are used to being poor, but Troy, he's, <laughs> he's got a baby, so we need some dough. So, so like, help Troy out. And uh, buy the Music Masterclass <laughs> videos, the CDs. I look for uh, Check out our sponsors. You know, we uh, the guys we endorse, like Daddario, Dunlop Picks, Sir, Sir Guitars, Wireworld Cables. All these things are really great. And check them out and help everybody out. And just be part of the community. Go out and play some great music for people. And make the world a better place. Ta-da! 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 You can't, you can't <laughs> top that. You can't top that. All right, I'm out of here. Scott, thank you. See sir. you, Troy. See you, Bruce. Good night, Irene. Goodbye, John Boy. <laughs> John Boy. John Boy. Remember him, the Walton Pim? Yeah. yeah good the guy with the mole on his face. It was good night, <laughs> John Boy. I think moved everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>